What's up, coaches? Had a blast this week heading down to Texas and playing some really good football with with a great high school program down in Texas. Uh, now on to week two, staying in Oklahoma. So um, hopefully you guys are enjoying the start of your seasons, uh, getting after it. If you're winning games, uh, hopefully you continue winning. And, and if you drop the first few games or the first game, um, here's to your team turning around. If you guys need anything from us, uh, anything from the podcast or our videos or even us, head to our website at runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder is again offering coaches a free in-season football strength program. As you may recall, uh, like we've talked about in other episodes, the New England Patriots squat up to 90% of their one rep max deep into the playoffs. If your in-season strength and conditioning philosophy is just to maintain, then we think we have something better for you. You can get the program once you start a 14-day free trial with Team Builder. Just reach out and tell them that you heard it from Rowdy in the RTP podcast. Or use the code RTP when you sign up for your free trial at teambuilder.com, which is team, B-U-I-L-D-R.com. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Just Play. The team at Just Play hooked us up with their product uh, months ago, and we have to say that it's been a game changer for us. We especially love the playbook tools that allow us to create our favorite blocking schemes. Uh, obviously, as you guys know, power, counter, but inside zone, pin and pull, um, you know, and, and inside zone lock and seal. Um, so we can save time and be more productive with our teams and with our in-season uh, work schedule. Just Play is limited time offer for RTP listeners only. Get my Just Play Pro for $120, which is an unbelievable $60 off the normal list price. This offer has been extended um, all the way till now. You can get this deal at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. Best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. Don't wait. Go do it today. And finally, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Vices. Vice's football helmets are different than any other helmets on the market. Their design reduces impact forces by yielding in a collision similar to a car bumper. A concept so unique, the helmet was named one of Time Magazine's top 25 inventions of 2017. The 01 is the top helmet at every level of football. Nearly every NFL team has starters in the 01, including both the Super Bowl MVP and the overall league MVP last season. Over 140 college teams, 1,500 high school programs, and hundreds of middle schools and youth teams have made the switch to the Vices 01 and 01 Youth Helmets. Protect your athletes with the top performing helmets in the game. For more information about Vices technology or to request team pricing or financing options, visit Vices.com on the web, which is V-I-C-I-S dot com on the web. Vices, protect the athlete, elevate the game. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Lyle Leong. Coach Leong is a former standout wide receiver at Texas Tech under Mike Leach and is currently the offense coordinator at Highlands High School in San Antonio, Texas. Listen as we talk with Coach Leong about learning the air raid system under Mike Leach, skills that it takes to be a good wide receiver, and how he implements his offense to his high school football players. You can follow Coach Leong on Twitter at Coach L. Leong. Hope you guys enjoy. Went to Abilene High School, played at Abilene High School. Um, then after that, I went and played for Mike Leach at 
Texas Tech. Um, then after that, I played uh, a little bit in the NFL, a little bit in the CFL. Um, and then after that, um, when I got cut from um, the CFL, I actually got a call from uh, a friend who got me a job um, doing a GA for Coach Hogerson at West Virginia. Um, and then after that, uh, I coached at Savannah State University. Um, and then after that, I went to high school, coached at Cleburne High School. Um, and then I, I coach at uh, Highlands High School right now. Um, so just coaching all that, I, I got uh, married and, and had a kid. So I wanted to spend a little bit more time with the family. So um, I decided to come down to high school and I, I've enjoyed every minute of being in high school for sure. Coach, when uh, when did you play at Texas Tech? What was uh, what were your years there? Uh, two thousand seven to two thousand eleven. Yes, sir. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. so because we had um, so that'd have been probably after we had. I got to play at Houston, so uh, I was there with with uh, Cliff, uh, and then Holgerson had just left uh, when I first got to Houston. Uh, so know some of those same guys, and then we have a, a mutual friend that was at. West Virginia, uh, Tanner Annell as a GA, but I don't know if he was there at the same time as you were either, but he was a, a – Yes, sir. He actually was. I came in with him, so <laughs> that's my guy. I really like Tanner, man. So, he's been on guy. as well, and, yes, yeah, he is. He's um, he's awesome. He's down in Texas as well. So, I guess he's a D.C. Uh, in the Dallas area, and he's, he's killing it right now too. Yes, sir. He actually works for my old coach, so. I see those guys quite a bit. Uh, the coaching world is big, but it, it's small at the same time. So it, it's pretty funny to see where people end up and who they know and all that good stuff. Well, Coach, man, I, I remember watching you. I know back in the the old air raid days with, with Coach Leach. And, and, you know, my first question has always got to be, you know, what what was it like to play, for, you know, for, for Coach Leach? I mean, we, we all get to see kind of, you know, the, the crazy interviews and the funny things that he does. And, you know, I, I assume that's kind of, you know, who he is. I don't, I don't think he's a, a fake person by any means. But, uh, you know, talk a little bit about spending four years playing in that offense, having a, having a blast slinging it around, especially as a receiver. And then, you know, what was it like with Coach Leach? Oh, man, Coach Leach is it, – it's one of those things you hear stories about, but you have to, you have to be there to experience Coach Leach. I, I'll never forget the first time he came. Um, or not the first time, but one of the, the last times uh, when he came down to recruit, he um, came. I got recruited with my high school quarterback, also um, went to Texas Tech with me. Um, his name was Taylor Potts. But uh, I remember Coach Leach coming down, and I've heard tons and tons of stuff about Coach Leach and, and how awesome he was. And I, I never forget, he came in the room and he sat down, and I thought he was going to tell me, um, you know, we we're going to talk about football and he's going to tell me what's going to happen, how great it's going to be. And um, we sat down, he did a card trick and I don't think I understood the card trick at all. Um, but I was just amazed at the fact that he, that he did the card trick, even though like, I don't think me or my quarterback really saw the magic in it, but we, we definitely went with it. We didn't want to lose our scholarship for sure. So it's definitely, but just being around him, I, I learned a lot. Um, a lot of the stuff that I've learned from playing with them, it, it definitely taken to my own, um, into my own coaching days. Um, I think the biggest thing that Coach Leach doesn't get credit for is is recruiting guys that are, you know, classified as two stars, but you know, perform like they're four stars. And I, I think that 
Um, there's a lot of guys I played with. If you go look at their rivals, they may have had one star. Um, but those guys were excellent, excellent, you know, athletes and players. So I think that's the number one thing. And then, uh, well, actually, I think there's two number one things. The other thing I do think is uh, Coach Leach always made us believe. So I, I don't think he gets credit for that. Like every week, whoever we played, um, Coach Leach always made us feel like we were supposed to win. Um, I remember when we uh, beat Texas when they were number one. Um, I think everybody was surprised that we won except for us. Um, so I just I think Coach Leach did a great job, and I still think he does a great job of giving his teams um, to believe they're supposed to win. To and he always makes his teams perform. I want to say I don't want to say better than they're supposed to, but perform at a high level. And I think a big part of that goes to um, the belief that Coach Leach puts in each player, whether you're starting or four string. Um, he he made you believe. So it was awesome playing for Coach Leach and. Uh, definitely was blessed to get to do that. Coach, is that offense, is that the type of offense that you, uh, you know, like to run as a coordinator? It's funny. I, I heard uh, Coach Hogerson talking the other day um, on, a, on another podcast, and he said that um, Coach Leach and Coach Mummy um, and those guys kicked him out the air raid because he, he runs the ball too much now. <laughs> um, so right. I, th I think I'm uh, I think I'm gonna go with Coach Hogerson on that. So I I, I like some of the concepts, but um, after you know coaching with Coach Hogerson, I like I like 20 personnel, a lot of um, a lot of running first and to set up the pass. But um, like he said too, though, if I have a you know a five star quarterback and three five star receivers, best believe we'll throw it a hundred times. But uh, That's right. I definitely, definitely want to take what they give us, especially at the high school level, um, not being able to recruit and kind of, um, you know, making your offense fit the kids. And I, I, Coach Leach told me that a long time ago. Um, and it's funny because he, he doesn't change his offense, but he always told me when, if you're going to do high school, um, just always remember you've got you to fix your offense towards the kids you have and not make the kids adapt to the offense you do so. I definitely think that's helped me in my in my coaching days for sure. Coach, is that something you know playing receiver in in the air raid? Uh, I got a, a couple of questions for for that because I've studied the offense quite a bit and I'm always interested to hear from the guys that played in it. But you know, how much freedom did you guys have you know as a receiver to kind of break off routes based on you know leverage or based on on coverage looks? Be you know, be it pre snap or post snap. And then my my second question is you know. I know he's always kind of had, you know, inside receivers and outside receivers. Is that something where you guys would just learn one spot and play one side of the field and get really, really good at that? Or were you one of those guys that moved around? Um, well, to answer the, uh, the first part of your question, um, he gave us uh, – it wasn't really – it was a lot of freedom, but it was the plays were limited. You know, we might do five plays and, and you're able to break off, whether it's man, whether it's zone within those five plays. So, um those five plays actually turn into 10 plays. You're always open if you do the correct things. Um, so I think that was, that was huge because it wasn't overwhelming. Even for college guys, I, I, I like to tell, when I talk to people about the air raid, they like to do a lot of that stuff. But I was like, you got to remember, we're there 24-7, um, summertime, uh, school time, we're watching film, we're doing it. You don't get that same type of time in high school. Um, so Coach Leach, even at that level, gave us about five concepts, which we did, and, and we allowed we were allowed to break it down um, as far as uh, man zones hitting, um, a lot of that within those five plays, which made them pretty good. Um, and then for me, 
Uh, actually, my freshman year, there wasn't that many receivers, believe it or not, at Texas Tech. So I actually had to play a couple positions because we, um, we didn't have uh, a lot of receiver depth, So, um, which I, I think helped me a lot, too. Um, Coach Leach used to make me go watch film, and I used to be so mad as a freshman. I'm like, man, I want to go home, and I'm sitting in here with Coach Leach watching film till 11 o'clock. Um, but it definitely helped me open up my eyes um, and, and helped me learn. Just It's just little stuff, especially at, at being a receiver. It's all little stuff, um, uh, winning the routes and stuff like that. It's, it's very small stuff. So for me, the plays were – you know, I'm a pretty football savvy guy, so the plays were pretty easy to do. So I was able to um I played both outsides and, and rarely inside uh receiver. Um inside receiver coach Leach usually likes um shifty guys, uh fast guys. So I I'm fast but I I don't think I'm uh Danny Amadola shifty or uh Eric Morris shifty, so he kicked me back to the outside for sure. Eric Morris, yeah, I think he was uh he was coaching at Houston as well. Um coach what um so at least when I was there at, at UH and we had a guy you know in Case Keenum that uh, was a great quarterback and so a, a lot of our plays were um you know we'd call whatever it was but he had a, a lot of freedom at the quarterback position to uh you know throw some signals out to the receivers let those guys uh you know kind of gave him a lot of freedom to let him run uh, what he deemed you know which I'm sure him and Cliff. Uh, worked on all all uh, all week, but uh, kind of got us into some of the right situations. Uh, did you guys have some quarterbacks while you were there that that kind of had that freedom? Because uh, we didn't always have that at Houston. We we got into later on in the years where uh, they were very much more you know very much dialed in uh, with what the quarter with the coach called. But uh, when we got a guy like Case, uh, he was out there you know probably more than half the time uh, making at least some type of change uh, with the with the. Uh, you know, pass routes. Definitely. Um, I, I uh, got the pleasure to um, play with Graham Harrell. Um, and, and Graham Harrell was the same way. He probably called change 90% of the time. Um, I, tell, I tell people all the time, he's, he's one of the smartest people I've ever played with. Um, I, I'll never forget we were um, playing OU. We beat Texas um, when they were number one that year. We were playing OU to go to the Big 12 championship. And uh, I'll never forget out there, Graham would change the play. Uh, OU would change their defense. Graham would change the play. OU would change the defense, and it, it was it was kind of amazing to see out there. And I'm just like, what's going on here? Like, I I don't know. But um, Graham did a lot of a lot of um, putting our team into great positions. I mean, he threw for uh, I don't know if it's still up there, but he threw for the most touchdowns I think it was in NCAA history. So he definitely changed a lot of plays to get us in the right position. And and Coach Leach really had full trust in him to to make it happen so definitely with him he, he always put us in the right position and then I also played with um, my high school quarterback Taylor Potts um, and he he uh, he had freedom to change it up but not as much as Graham um, Coach Lee's kind of did a little more for for Potts than he did with Graham so to see Graham at USC calling plays is is not a shock and I, I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner to be honest he's gonna he's gonna be a great one he's a smart guy I, I was just going to ask you, man. I mean, when, when's he going to start sending you some of that that huge USC bonus money he's got rolling? Hey, man, I tell him all the time. Hey, brother, I'm ready. My bags are packed when I get that call, man. Be on the beach out there, brother. 
Coach, we always had problems with the receivers in the huddle. So it was not that we ever huddled, but coming obviously off of the sideline going into the play, uh, you know, Case would be in the huddle or or our quarterbacks later on and they'd be, uh, you know, whatever it was, 902. um, And and they'd call it. And the receivers got so used to hand signals that it was like they had no idea. Um, uh, There's many of them that – didn't have any clue what that play was. And so Casey would kind of have to, or, or uh, Dave later on, would kind of have to signal it to them uh, over in the huddle before they ran out. Uh, were you guys very heavy hand signalers? Or uh, obviously, if you're meeting with Coach quite a bit with the OC head coach, uh, probably, you know, you probably you guys were probably a little more in tune with uh, some of the play calls and the names coming off the off the sideline. Uh, definitely. We um... – uh, we definitely were, we were a heavy um, hand signaling, but everybody knew the play. Um, I tell, I tell people too, it's funny. My, my um, second receiver coach, my first receiver coach was coach Dykes, um, you know, head coach at SMU. And um, my second receiver coach was, oh, Lincoln Riley. So uh, coach Riley was my uh, second receiver coach. So um, it's funny. To, what'd you say? I said, gosh, dog. And it's funny to see all the success he have because just as in our receiver room, um, you know, Link always made sure that we knew. So it wasn't just – we did a lot of hand signals, but we had to know what was going on. So um, it, it, it's funny to see, um, you know, Coach Riley out there doing great things at OU and, and just to see his work ethic when he started at in our receiver's room, um, making sure we knew and he was honest about every detail. So. Um, I think uh, our receivers were, you know, we were on tune. So whether they called the play, whether they did hand signals, um, we were pretty good. But um, two, just to say, you know, Coach Leach called about probably six plays too. So if you don't know what's going on <laughs> in six plays, uh, not a good time. <laughs> was hey, so I mean, you've talked about a few guys now. I mean, obviously, you know, Coach Coach Harrell, you'd played with, and then you know, you're working with guys like Coach Riley, Coach Holgerson. I mean. Was there stuff that you noticed right away where you're just like, man, th- these guys are going to be climbing the ladder quickly? I mean, they're, they're, they're such good coaches, or was there anything about it, you know, the way that they interacted with players or the way they recruited where you were just kind of like, man, I-, I don't think these guys are going to be here that long, or they're going to go on and they're going to do great things? Oh, for sure. And, it, and it's funny, each one of those uh, experiences, actually my um, – I believe it was my junior year, um, Coach Leach, um, that he got let go from the school. So Coach Riley actually called plays um, in the Alamo Bowl for us um, since Coach Leach wasn't there. And um, just when he got out there, you know, I've never seen him call plays. He was a receivers coach, um, knew he was a smart guy. Um, but just as we got out there, he started calling plays. Everything was flowing. We were moving down the field, scoring points. And just, just the, the poise that he had, it, it looked like he was supposed to be there, like he'd done it before. Um, so that definitely, I knew he was going to be on his way um, in no time. So um, definitely there. And then also Coach Hogerson just, um, he talked about it in the interview I heard, the same interview, he talked about just his relationships. And I'll never forget the first time I, I walked after I played um, for Coach Hogerson. So when I went to go be a GA, I, I went to his office and he was listening to like Tupac or something. And so I walked in there, I was like, Coach, are you listening to this? Is this you? And he was just like, what, do you, you think I, I'm not cool? And uh, ever since then, um, after that, he, I, I got a big laugh and just seeing the relationship that he had with those kids. And, and I know he's going to continue to do great things at, at Houston, um, where he's at. So 
definitely each one of these coaches had had different um, aspects that made them great. And, uh, you know, I was just blessed to be a part of it. I try to take a little bit from each of those guys. Um, I still try to, you know, be myself, but try to take a bit that I've learned from each of those guys so I can, you know, be the best coach I can be. How would you describe your style then, Coach, kind of as, as an OC? Um, I, I would probably describe myself at, between a mixture of Coach Leach and, and Coach Hogerson, um, simply because I like to keep it simple. Um, you know, a concept um, with the tag may turn into five routes. Um, I like to keep it simple in that aspect um, for the high, for my high school kids so um, they can play. I, I just um, one of the hardest things for me when I was playing with the Cowboys, we I had Coach um, Garrett's offense, and it was very very hard. It, you know, if they were in cover four, you do this. If they were in cover two, you do this. If they were pressed, you do this. Um, and then, you know, at the snap of the ball, they'd be pressing. Then right before the ball snap, they back up. So it's very hard to um, play and be at the top of my game when I'm thinking. Um, so I just like to take the thinking out for my kids so they can just play. Um, and so how I describe myself, probably a matchup, um, matchup guy. Um, and what I mean by matchup, um, which I got from Coach Overson too, is, is just definitely, you know, if I've got a five-yard stop on the backside, and, and the corner's 10 yards off. There's no faking. There's no question. Take what they give you. Um, and, and that's just what I've learned from um, these coaches. They don't, even though they're explosive, they don't go out there and say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go um, for 700 yards this game. That's not the game plan. I've never heard any one of those coaches um, go into the game like that. They just want to take what the defense is giving them. Um, so for me, that's just what I try to do when I game plan. I try to take whatever the defense is going to give me and, and just try to help the kids understand, too, what's going on so they can have a better understanding of the game, for sure. Coach, are you the wide receivers coach as well, or, or do you just kind of uh, oversee everything as the coordinator? Uh, I work with the wide receivers um, uh, as well. It's, just, it's a thing that um, is, is my favorite position, of course, because I played it. Um, but I just think a lot of people uh, don't see, like, the, the very fine points of, of being a great receiver. I think like the difference between some NFL receivers is minute things um, that um, I think that I was blessed to kind of figure out. And the reason I love it so much is because, you know, playing in the big 12, I was six foot, 170 pounds. Um, so I wasn't ever the fastest. I wasn't ever the strongest. I wasn't ever the biggest, um, but um, just using technique and using little things that I've learned along the way um, definitely helped me a lot. Um, it helped me. It helped me be faster with the little techniques that I've learned. So I love to be able to pass it down um, to my receivers. I love to see them when the game's going and, and they do something and they look over at me. It's probably my favorite thing. Um, so I definitely love to pass down the little things I've learned throughout playing the game um, with my younger guys. Coach, being the, the play caller and playing receiver, uh, I was in a very similar, you know, <clears throat> position. I played played wide receiver in high school and in college a little bit. And uh, I know once I got to, to be a coordinator, that was always kind of my crutch, you know, was, was the pass game while I was still kind of cutting my teeth, you know, learning the run game. Has that been something you've had to spend, you know, a, a lot of energy on? And, and if so, you know, kind of what, what has been kind of your go-to resources to you know, to maybe learn a little bit more about the run game, especially when you're, you're adding a fullback and 20 personnel and, and maybe doing some different things that way? 
Um, I think definitely just reaching out. Uh, like I said, I've been blessed to play play with some people and know some coaches. So um, I definitely a, a big guy that I reach out to is Brandon Jones. He's an offensive coordinator at Houston. Um, so I definitely had to learn that was I'll never forget about six years ago. I interviewed for an offensive coordinator job, and and a guy got to talking O line play with me, and I'm not gonna lie, I was a little lost. Um, so then at that point, I, I definitely had to, knew I had to study if I wanted to be a successful offensive coordinator. Um, so definitely just studying film. Um, if I have a question, asking these guys that have done it, have, that are successful. Um, I think the number one thing uh, about being a successful, you know, coach, coordinator, whatever it may be, is asking, not, not being afraid to ask and not being embarrassed to ask. So um, I always want to learn from anybody, whether it's a, a middle school run guy. If he knows something that can help me, I'm, I want to listen. I want to learn. So uh, I definitely think it's just being a student of the game and, and continually trying to learn and get better um, is the key to being good. Coach, and, and you talk about how, you know, great it is to keep things simple and, and how much better your, your skill guys and receivers play. And, and I'm sure that that's your same thought going into those offensive linemen as well. And, and one of the cool things I always thought about the uh, quote-unquote air raid offense was, you know, the ability to run, uh, you know, zone and then tag their, your zones and, and uh, be able to do three or four different things with that 20 personnel fullback and, and still call it inside zone. But now it's, uh, you know, it's it's split zone or it's insert zone. And, and uh, I'm sure even now with you, you know, as, as football's gone on, now even being able to read and doing some, uh, you know, some wraps with the fullback and, and a bunch of different things. Is that something that, that you uh, try to do as well as uh, in the run game as well as the pass game is, is try to keep it simple for your guys and so uh, they can execute at a, at a high level doing that as well? Uh, definitely do that. We de definitely add tags and things. The only thing we do a little different is um, a lot of people RPO. I know a lot of coaches like RPO, um, but me, me personally, I, I think RPO is, is harder than most coaches think it is. Um, I know they say, well, this guy's blitzing. You should be able to hit that hole. Um, it's a little different if someone misses their block or if the snap's a little low and you don't get your eyes. So, um, a thing we try to do is is definitely kind of help the the quarterback out if that makes sense. Um, kind of give them the call to help them out, even though you know even though they're running routes and doesn't necessarily mean it has to be thrown. Uh, a lot of times you're taking you know nickel backs out or outside linebackers out the way. So um, I think that's the biggest thing is just trying to simplify it as as even as RPOs because um, like I said I just think that that's the two things a lot of coaches. They fail to realize they'll watch like Texas Tech, you know, they'll watch Texas Tech and say, oh, man, we can do verticals. Well, um, Graham Harrell threw for the most touchdowns and, you know, NCAA history. Danny Amendola plays 15 years in the NFL. Michael Crabtree won the Blitnikoff twice. Like, you know, our O-line gave up one sack for the entire year. Like, that's, that's stuff that you got to take into account. So I just think sometimes when they see it executed, I think the air raid offense is a thing of beauty when it's executed perfect. It looks amazing, but all those parts and all those guys have to do their job, and and I think that it sometimes it's hard even offensive line and those guys. Um, I know our guys had those big splits. Like those guys are athletic and they did a great job. So uh, I think even simplifying, um, simplifying it more than it already is um, helps our kids um, where we're at play at the highest uh, ability. It helps them make plays and and, and play better, in my opinion.
Coach, you, you talk about, you know, the, the, the beauty of that offense. You know, it looks great when everything is, you know, orchestrated and coordinated and the timing is down and, and coaches are all on the same page. You know, as the offensive coordinator, you know, how much time do you kind of have to spend then, you know, making sure all of your coaches, you know, are on the same page? Or what's, what are some strategies that you're doing to make sure that, you know, it's not just a, a group of running backs or it's not just a group of, of receivers? You know, hey, it, this is the entire offense at, at Highlands and we, and we want to score points this way. So what, what are some strategies you do to kind of to make that whole thing mesh and work together? I, I think the the awesome thing about as as time has progressed is is definitely in football is technology. Um, so I try to do a lot of stuff like there's there's programs like Go Army, um, a couple of these other programs that you can use that actually simulate um, what the kids might see, what the coaches might uh, see on a Friday night. And so we try to do a lot of that um, so the coaches can actually see because um, I know sometimes uh, they'll say, well, it, it, it'll be covered too. It should just split open and you know, one of those cover two safeties um, is out of position and, and thinks they're in cover three. So you have a cover two safety and, and, and the safety down the middle. And it's not perfect like it's supposed to be. So I definitely think it helps our kids when they see different scenarios and different situations, um, more so than just talking about it on the board. When they can actually see the defense dropping back and where they're supposed to be. I think it helps everyone, um, and including myself, um, it helps us understand what we're looking for, what we're trying to do, um, as well as our defense coordinator always does a great job of helping us prepare um, in that aspect too. So like I said, one thing for me, I'll, I'll ask I'll ask anybody for help as long as it's going to help our guys be successful. So I say number one thing for me is uh, technology. Um, just allowing those guys to actually see it helps a lot. Yeah, I completely agree on the technology aspect. I think, too, I mean, when when you're forced to kind of, you know, build the things and then be able to send those things out, it, it gives you a lot of opportunity. I know for me, you know, being able to, to write blogs or I've, I've, I've written a few, you know, pages of some books and things like that, that it, when, I, when it forces me to think about it, I, be, I become an even bigger expert as to, you know, what this game plan is going to be, how I'm going to call it, you know, when I'm, when I'm building my call sheet. And then being able to kind of disseminate that and, and get everyone on the same page. By the time I've done that early in the week, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm an expert as to, to how I'm going to call this and, and let's be ready to rock and roll. Definitely. I, I think that that's helped the game so much. And um, I know it's going to continue um, to progress. I know they have even that stuff. I, I actually was hanging out with Coach Mummy not too long ago, and he's got a, um, a system where you look in, in, in some glasses, they're like 3D and it goes over the plays and all kind of stuff. So I can only imagine what the technology is going to be, be like in three, four years. So it's pretty cool though. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it. Coach, in my other, my other kind of always curious question is for, for coordinators is, are you an uh, on the field guy or are you going to be up in the box? Are you a box or a field guy? Uh, if if I can have my way, I think I like the box. I, I I'm on the field. I help with special teams too, so um, I know sometimes special teams can be chaotic. So I like to be down there and and, and help those guys. Uh, most times, um, they don't need my help. They do a great job. Um, but I just like to be down there just in case. Um, I think that's the hardest part in football, in my opinion, um, is special teams. Just because you've got to get um, kids from offense from defense together and they got to be on the same page um especially like the game when it's close you got defense talking sometimes offense talking so 
I think those guys do a great job of, of being able to get both sides ready and ready to rock and roll. So definitely, definitely if I had it my way, I'd be in the box, but on the field for now for me. Yeah, I think the box is where it's at too, man. It's just such a better place to kind of be able to sit there and collect your thoughts. And then I always like it just playing video games. You know, I'm seeing the adjustments, right. seeing what they're calling. I'm just, boom, give me that play. <laughs> Especially if it's raining too, you know. It's That's nice right. to be in that box sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, coach, I was going to ask you too, I mean, being a, a, a fellow receiver coach, you know, what, what are some of the kind of like your, your non-negotiable drills that you like to go to? I mean, I think, you know, and it could be just about like anything. I mean, it can get a little monotonous sometimes for, for some of those guys. It's like, yeah, coach, I know you're going to get on me about, about stance and starting all those things. And I stay pretty religious with it because I want them to, you know, to think about, yeah, hey, well, it's something you're going to use every single play. But, you know, what, what might be some things, you know, hey, these are, these are the, the Bible drills. I'm doing these every single day. It's my daily devotional. And then what might be like some other drills that you kind of bust out to, to maybe break up the monotony a little bit with some of those guys? Um, for me, I, I think, you know, I think most receiver coaches are all doing, you know, similar to the same drills. I think, you know, you've got to do stance and start. Um, we don't, we don't throw a lot of verticals, but we still work on, um, leaning and catching the ball over the shoulder. Um, one thing coach Leach, you know, always preached about, but I think more for me, more than the drills, it's the little things within the drills that I focus on. Um, no matter what the drill is, it's, it's little things. Um, that that must be done for instance for me um, on your release spacing um, I, I see a lot of guys they get nervous about press and, and I'm one of those guys when I you know going against OU and the corners 225 like I'm nervous I see him up pressing I know if he gets his hands on me it's, it's gonna be over um, but it, it's key to staying tight so if you need to throw him by um, you can throw him by or whatever the case may be another thing that I look for within all my drills is stacking um, our kids, it's a must that um, when you stack a cornerback, it allows you to have uh, a three-way go. Um, if you slow down, they'll slow down behind you. You can go right, you could go left. Um, and, and just small things like that hand placement. I don't want to see you giving your chest at the line, whatever the drill may be, because there's, um, you know, there's a thousand uh, release drills. Um, but I think the key to no matter what drill you're doing is the small stuff within it. Don't give them your chest. Um, don't take a false step uh, when the ball snaps. Like, I think those are key. I, I see a lot of kids, a lot of my receivers watch these um, YouTube videos of, like, Chad Ocho when he's, um, you know, at the release, he's kicking his leg back. And, and I just have to remind him, like, Chad Ocho is 6'4 and probably runs a 4'3. Um, so, for us, <laughs> it, it, it's usually the the little stuff within the drill. So, I don't, I don't want to say there's a specific drill, but every, all the little things, um, within those drills is what make you a good receiver. I, I remember when I was at West Virginia, um, a guy, I coached a guy named Kevin White, um, played for the Bears, he plays for the Cardinals now, but um, just the little stuff, when he picked up on the little stuff is when he started to see the success in his career. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't think that some people understand the importance of spacing or stacking of getting their hands off. I tell my kids all the time, as a DB, there's two ways they can cover you, and that's with their eyes or with their hands. Um, so if their eyes aren't on you, their hands shouldn't be on you. should be knocking their hands off. Um, I think those small things, if you can get your kids to understand that, I think that's where no matter what drill you do, you'll get something out of it. 
Um, so I, I know I'm doing something right when my kids start to tell me what I was going to tell them before I say it. Um, so for me, I just want the little small stuff. I want them to understand what we're trying to do because um, I, I think that's key from everything, from even understanding the coverages. Um, I remember Michael Crabtree told me one time he, in high school, he's like, or in college, excuse me, he was like, hey, man, you want to be great? I was like, yeah, of course. He's like, man, understand these coverages. And, um, you know, senior year, junior year, I picked up on coverages, and, and I no longer had to think because I knew um, exactly where these guys were going to be. So I knew where to get to my spot or what I needed to do five times faster because I wasn't thinking. So uh, definitely for me, it's, it's just those small stuff within those drills. I like right, what you say, Go ahead, Walls. I was just say I, I like what you say, you know, about about teaching the the releases. I mean, I do a ton of that. Even even though in, in Iowa where I'm at, we don't we don't see a ton of man coverage. It's when teams do play man coverage, our guys are so confident against it because they're like, Coach, I mean, man, we spend a lot of time being able to to defeat this stuff. And it's like you said, there's so many other skills that you're teaching with it. You know, what are you doing with your hands? How quick are your feet? How how quick is your arm action when you know when you're working a foot fire? You know being able to stick on a release is the same thing as sticking on a route. So I think, you know, there, yeah. there's so many cool, cool carryovers, you know, and then working some of those secondary releases when linebackers are walling you, or, you know, you got, you got safeties playing leverage. How do I, how do I, you know, attack his leverage and then get the break. I think th those release points create so much confidence in receivers. And you just see that they're them elevate, even though, you know, a lot of guys are like, man, we only see man coverage like 10 times a year. I'm like, yeah, when we do, we score touchdowns though. <laughs> right. And I think, you, I think you said it the best. I think, like, if you ask me um, what the number one thing for a receiver to look for, in my opinion, is leverage. Like you said, um, a lot of times if, if a DB is inside of you, um, he's protecting the inside, you know, inside leverage. So a lot of times I tell my guy, if you got an inside slant, okay, and he's inside of you, if you make an outside release and you come back, he's going to be inside of you because that's what he's protecting. So I think – um, leverage is, is key because it tells you exactly well it won't tell you exactly but it tells you what they're trying to protect and it allows you um, to use that against them um, you know for instance if you have a vertical and he's inside leverage if you attack his inside leverage he's going to continue to move in which gives yourself uh, more room um, to catch the fade from your quarterback so I tell them um, a lot of times you're not going to have you're not going to have like me my high school quarterback was 6'5 240 you know, could throw 100 yards. Like, everyone doesn't have that luxury. So I tell my guys, the more space that you can get, um, the, the more catches you'll make. You have to make yourself get open. You can't depend on a quarterback. And I've always tried to live like that. Even when I played for, you know, play with Graham Harrell, um, I still try to make as much room. I wanted to get myself open. Um, and I think leverage allows you to do that. So, you know, at the, it allows you to tell you what kind of release you want to do, where you need to go what type of coverage they might be in leverage tells you a lot of that. So that's a big thing. I'm glad you said that's a big thing. I try to stress with my guys, take advantage of their leverage, wherever they're out, they're outside and you got an inside release, attack them outside or continue to go outside because he's protecting it. Then it gives you more space for an inside route. So I'm glad you said that. And that to me, that's super important for leverage for receivers. Coach, I'm a dumb offensive line coach that uh, was no, not a good athlete at all and always made fun of the receivers, obviously, because that's what you're supposed to do, I think, and, and they make fun of us for being fat. So I got no, no <laughs> idea uh, about receivers, but I always hear people talking about, um, you know, 
uh, man, this guy's a great route runner. He's a great route runner. And, and when I look at receivers, you know, they're all running and then going catch the ball. I couldn't tell you any difference in any of their routes. Um, but obviously there, there is a difference. So what is it, you know, these guys keep talking route runner and there's a great route runner. Uh, what are some things when you see a great route runner, um, you know, when they talk about some of these NFL college guys, uh, what is it that makes their route running so good to a layman uh, offensive line coach like myself? Hey, I just want to say, first off, shout out to all the offensive line. They're my favorite people in the world. They keep you safe. Uh, they got the prettiest girls. I love them. So I just want to throw that out there before I answer that question. But um, I think the I think the key to it, and, and I kind of heard some older guys talk about it. Uh, Tory Holt actually talked about it. I think what makes a receiver <clears throat> a great route runner is all his routes look exactly the same. Um, and then I think when you're when you do that, um, it allows you to get separation. So I think if you ask me, those are the two things um, that that make you a great route runner. If each one of your routes look the same and you're able to get separation, um, you you know you got to get out your break to get that separation. But um, I, I know I played with the All-American cornerback uh, in college, um, and he actually told me um, a lot of the most productive feedback I got was from the DBs because they went against us every day and they went against other people that were, you know, better. Um, some weren't or whatever the case may be. And he, he just said, every time, if you make all your routes look the same, it's very hard to cover. Cause I never have, I can't key on what you're doing. Um, so if I was telling the offensive lineman, um, I definitely just tell them, make it look the same and separation is the key. If you see a guy getting separation and if he's running a vertical or post, a curl and it all looks the same, like that guy's a good route runner. Uh, I think Antonio Brown is a, a great route runner. And if you go watch his, his routes, I think a lot of them look exactly the same. And that's what, that's what makes it hard to cover because you, you never know what they're going to be able to do. Yeah, that's <clears throat> – I love your answer. And, you know, that, that separation piece is, is so key. I mean, being able to, like, almost kind of, like, time – you know, when when they break, like knowing they had they got the DB to, to to flip his hips the way they wanted it, and then they can time the break. And not only when they when the receiver breaks, he breaks fast. You know, and there, there's not yeah. a, a huge change of speed when he when he does have a, a certain break, or he can get in and out of that break so fast and create that separation. To me, that's just the the beauty of it. You know, understanding that time and man, I set the dude up. And then not only that, you know, I, I break at the angle that I needed to, and I break with, with, you know, without losing a lot of that speed. And I think a lot of guys see that and they're like, oh yeah, I can practice that. I can practice that. They don't understand like how strong, you know, those guys are oh, yeah. I mean, like physically, like, like strong, they can squat a lot of weight and their cores are, are really, really strong. So that's the thing you, I really had to teach a lot of receivers early on was dude, the, the weight room is going to be your best friend. And you'll see how much better you move and, and how much easier it's going to be to, to fight for some of those contested balls when they do get in the weight room and then be able to create that separation. Definitely. And, and I think too, just to add on to that is uh, the little stuff when I'm saying too, to add on to that is just, um, for instance, like I said, <clears throat> DBs are going to cover you um, with their eyes or with their, you know, with their hands. And, and, and the thing I used to do, if I was running a, you know, if I was running a comeback, um, you know, I have a DB looking at me, and when my eyes go up, the DB's eyes go up, and that allows me to kind of push off and get back into my route. So I think even the small stuff I, I tell kids, even like running comebacks sometimes, um, when you're driving a car, uh, you know, like you're driving a truck, the truck always has a blind spot, or a car has a blind spot sometimes that you can't see. 
And I think even making your routes look the same as small stuff is getting in the DB's blind spot. Um, if you get in that DB's blind spot, either he's going to have to flip his hips or speed turn or whatever the case may be. Um, I think those are the minor things that allow you allow people from being a good route runner to being a great route runner. Um, you know, knowing how to get that DB to flip his hips, um, knowing that you're going to run a post, but you get him to flip his hips because he thinks you're running it out. And you could do that with your eyes. Um, you can do that uh, with getting your head up, a uh, head turn. So a lot of simple stuff. I remember in high school, I used to think that, you know, when you were running a post, you had to stem it real far outside and run back in and run a post to beat people. Um, and the better people that I got to, the higher level I got to, like, that didn't work anymore. Um, so I think definitely the small, if you can add that little small stuff, eyes in there, or getting their hips to turn by, um, if you're running a, you know, a post curl and you actually give a good stick on that post and get them to panic and speed turn like you run the post and then stop. I think that's what makes the difference between being a good route runner and being a great route runner. Um, and I don't, uh, to be honest, I don't think there's that many great route runners. I think there's a lot of good route runners, but to be great, you've got to be, you know, pretty, pretty uh, icy, I want to say. <laughs> So I want to ask Coach Harper that. So Coach Harper, how would you answer the question now, man? What'd you learn? I learned that all the uh, all the routes look the same. <laughs> you make That's all your all right, you brother. make all your routes look the same, uh, and and uh, you're a pretty good route runner. I don't know that I could diagnose that, uh, but I at least now know uh, that that's a, a a huge sticking point for me now. Hopefully, I don't ever <laughs> have to coach that position, but at least I know a little bit of what they're talking about. Hey, throw separation in there. You're ready to be a receivers coach, man. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, – And you already know how to block, dude. I know those two things. That's right. I don't even know how to block as a receiver. I just know how to block uh, as a lineman. I know they do their own things. Well, the one thing uh, I did want to ask is – one thing I don't have to really worry about is uh, my guys doing a lot of special teams. I mean, I got to get them ready to go on field goal, and that's about it. They're not asked to do a whole lot. Um I'm assuming, especially in high school, but at every level, but especially at high school, your guys are going to be really good athletes. The receivers are, and they're going to be asked to do a lot of special teams. Is that something that, as a um, as a position coach or as a coordinator, offensive coordinator, you got to talk to those guys about, uh, you know, how important special teams is, or uh, do you kind of put that on your special teams coordinator, uh, and, and then? Uh, you know, I guess you, you probably got to give those guys up the first five, ten minutes of every practice, and um, and they probably even use you uh, in in practices as well to try to, uh, you know, be around those guys and get those guys playing because I'm sure they do serve such a huge role in special teams. Yeah, I, I definitely, you know, that's that's one thing we preach, the three phases. Um, our, our head coach, um, Hank Willis, does a great job of um, helping our kids understand <laughs> and our coaches as well that they're all three of the pieces are important and they're importantly equal. Um, so offense, defense, special teams is importantly equal. And, and so they got to be in shape. One thing we, we try to make sure our guys are in shape. We're big on making them run, making them be in shape. And, and I tell my guys um, the first day we get into our meetings, I, I tell them when I was with Coach Leach, he had a um, vertical day where everything we did for the entire practice was verticals, whether it be pre-practice, after practice, like everything was vertical for two, two and a half hours. So I tell them, I don't, I don't feel sorry for them. I don't expect them to be tired. Um, I, I, I tell them all the time. I remember I thought I was about to, you know, I thought I was about to leave this earth and I looked at Coach Leach and he was looking like, you better get up. 
I'm not getting you. So I, I definitely, we go in there with that mindset. Um, our kids do a great job of just kind of thriving to do what they can to help the team. So they do a great, our summer program, they do a great job of getting in shape and getting ready to, to roll for the season. And, and it's kind of like an expected thing when they get there. They know they're going to have to play offense and they have to play defense and they have to play special teams. Um, but a lot of those guys are hungry and look forward to that opportunity. So um, another thing is just that, you know, you never know. You could get a, believe it or not, you could get a scholarship at any one of those positions. You never know uh, who's watching or, or what, you know, what your path may be. So our kids, you know, they come to expect it and, and they know that's just as important as offense and defense um, in our program. Yeah, Coach, Coach. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just glad that uh, I never – I never had to do a whole lot of special teams running down because that would uh that would be brutal. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I did it one time and when I was with the Cowboys and one time only. That was it for me. <laughs> That's probably why I got cut. But I was like, this was the guy they put me on kickoff return one time. The guy was about six eight with gold teeth and he was pointing at me. <laughs> hey, coach, you got to get me off here, man. I, I'm sorry, brother. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bad matchup for me, Coach. That's on you. Yeah. So, you know, I had to give him the confused look. I had to let him run by and act like I was lost. He was just, you know, these kids can look up YouTube. I didn't want to be on there getting knocked out. So, you know. Hey, man, I don't blame you. Well, Coach, kind of kind of rolling up on an hour. Um, and, and the last question I always like to ask, and it's, it's good to hear from, from OCs from me, uh, but when you're watching another team's offensive line, What's some things that they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? Uh, definitely just uh, attention to details. Um, whether you're pulling, you know, uh, being tight on your pull, whether in power, hitting it up in that hole. I think um, I tell people all the time, and they get mad at me all the time, but I think the two hardest positions, in my opinion, is DB, and I think it's offensive line. Um, so those guys have to dissect a lot of things. Even though it's simple, they still have to dissect a lot of things. So um, anytime you got five guys doing the same thing in the same direction um, and, and giving effort is, is definitely impressive to me. Um, I always tell people I could work with a, a missed block, um, but three people doing the right thing and two people doing the wrong thing is, is hard to work with. So um, definitely I have most respect for our O-line coaches. I, I think they're amazing and um, – just to see all those guys paying attention to details and on the same page, um, to me, is, is, is awesome. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to, again, thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.